Hello and welcome to Remember God Loves You and I'll meet you at the Finish Line Podcast. Today I have, we are doing a first time episode of a bonus episode and why not to kick off a bonus episode, the very first one, with a good friend of mine uh, from Savage Unfiltered, Michael Garner. How you doing buddy? How's it going buddy? Good. How does it feel like being on the first episode of a bonus episode of this uh, Christian podcast? What do you think about that? Thank you for having me first and foremost. And uh, it's a true honor. True, true honor. Moving up in the world. Hey, so we got some <clears throat> so we got some things to dive in. So what did you so right now? I don't know if you've been hearing what's been in Wisconsin or not, but news articles coming out of Wisconsin. But there was one. I I don't know if you're familiar with Day, Daily Caller. Are you familiar with Daily Caller, the news source? Yeah, it pops up on my uh, my internet browser all the time. I I really don't um I really don't follow that uh that platform or that website too no. often. Well, because even they said they're more about left. They're more about left moderate news source and news agency. So that's why I was kind of blown away when they came out with an article stating dark days in Wisconsin. And, and so I'm like, wow, that it just blows my mind. I mean, yeah. and even you also have a Fox and six out of Milwaukee yesterday coming out with other news uh, things, uh, news events that came out regarding the political atmosphere of Wisconsin. Um, for instance, yesterday there was a vote uh, in the school district in Milwaukee that voted a 6-1 decision uh, to start teaching sex education to kindergartners. Mm-hmm. Now, what is your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, well, my thoughts are, you know, they're they're pretty deep on this on this topic. You know, first and foremost, we allowing, uh, you know, our school education board uh, to uh, basically introduce this uh, to the curriculum. Uh, why, why, uh, why, why are we allowing this? Why, why does the school board have to and and in the classroom? That's that's my view on it. Why do kids have to learn this at five, six years old? They should be learning about common good, uh, common, excuse me, uh, common terms like their ABCs and their one, two, three. That's what they really should be learning, not sex education. That usually comes in like high school. Yeah. Towards middle school, not in grammar school. No. And, you know, it just blows my mind. And I'm like, I look at Florida and what Florida, like Florida is leading the way. No wonder why people call it the freedom state, because I'm not, I'm not seeing an article coming out dark days in Florida, but that's pretty sad when you think about it. Like what, and not only in, not only like in the school board stuff, but we also have people like we also in the political atmosphere. We had a couple guests I've been having uh, these past couple guests. And if anybody's listening to my podcast, it seems like you want to move to pack up your stuff and move to Florida because, I mean, my goodness, Wisconsin is just like California, isn't it? Like you've been listening to a couple of my podcasts. What are your thoughts on some of the things I have in uh, the events unfolding in Wisconsin political wise? Well, I mean, Wisconsin sadly is, you know, a blue state, you know, and yep. uh, they've been a blue state for I don't know how many years. I mean, uh, pretty much my entire lifetime, I- I've always seen Wisconsin as a blue state. I don't think it represented red at all. 
you know, there's a very low presence of uh, Republicans representing that state. And, you know, going to your your uh, your statement on Florida. Yes, Florida is being no state. And I think the presence behind that 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 topic or that uh, that statement with Florida is because, uh, you know, of the leadership that Florida brings. You know, you have Ron. Um, that is basically doing the common good for all of Americans and all the citizens in the state of Florida. And, you know, you should see that uh, not only on a Republican side, but on all sides, whether you're Republican, Democrat, uh, independent, all sides, Sauce, you know, this, this, this uh, shouldn't be brought up. We shouldn't even think of that. We we shouldn't think of diversity and, and, and divideness in politics. And that's what, it's, it's yeah, and see, <clears throat> and when you bring up Freedom State, you know what blows my mind? So I, I watched the Florida primaries yesterday. Uh, do you want to explain a little bit, uh, kind of give the results in the Florida primaries for my listeners that are not like from Florida? But here's the significance of it. I'm getting to a point, but let's, you want to share some of the results of the candidates that won? Uh, in Florida? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it was it was strong. I mean, it was a strong election. I mean, we've seen some some victories come out uh, in the primaries in Bavard County. Uh, we've seen some victories come out for the Republican uh, side. Uh, I did not see all the uh, the uh, because I was focused on some other. Um, I did see a strong threshold of. On the Republican side, uh, very, very little coming yeah. to the Democratic side, mostly like, like uh, near South Florida. Like, All your Southern Florida primaries were mainly leaning towards blue, very, very little for the Republican side. And uh, Miami and Fort Lauderdale and the, the whole South Florida threshold um, has for years leaned blue. Um, you in Florida till you get to uh, – you- Beach County uh, in that area uh, heading towards, you know, central Florida is uh, like a split 50, 50. Uh, that's some blue, some red. Uh, there was some good primaries. that came. Uh, a few. I don't have the primaries near me, but um, there were a few winners coming out of Orlando. So, yeah, well, because here's. So before we go back to Wisconsin and stuff, so there's a recent poll coming out. And uh, it's regarding for Ron DeSantis and Christie or Chris, whatever his name is, on the other side. And oh, yeah. Apparently, yeah, apparently it's – and then also Mark Rubio and the other gal uh, on the other side as well. They're thinking that Florida is going to flip to being blue. Is that true or is that just complete farce? No, that's that's the next uh, that's the next propaganda that uh, that the radical left is trying to push. They're, they're trying to push uh, for Florida to turn blue, uh, which, folks, if you have been paying attention to politics in the state of Florida, Florida has been red, uh, mainly red for uh, 30 years now. Um, I think the last, you know, like I use that word a lot because it's 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 a word that's that's me, you know. But, uh, you know, the last for Florida to turn blue uh, was back in like the 80s, early 80s, mid 80s. 
And they're trying to push this, this um, uh, they're trying to push him out of office. Us, they don't, they don't want him in office. It's the the bureaucrats that are scared to death because they look at Ron DeSantis as a uh, Donald Trump 2.0, uh, just because of his demeanor, what he brings to the office, what he brings to the governor's office of Florida, and they're trying to push for a better candidate. Uh, I don't think that. There's going to be a Democratic candidate uh, that's going to win uh, for the governor's office of Florida. I, I don't think that at all. Even with all the people moving out of New York and out of California, moving to uh, Florida, even with all the high numbers, because Florida has gained like a whole number of people and stuff. You don't think that would switch even with all the mass amount of people that moved out? Well, they're moving to Florida for for one reason. And, you know, Ron DeSantis said it very, very accurately and clearly uh, just the other day uh, when he was on a panel with Fox. They're moving to Florida because Ron DeSantis is doing things that the radical left didn't want him to do. You know, when he ran for governor, uh, he was an unknown governor, an unknown candidate. No one really knew his demeanor as a candidate. They tried to push Ron DeSantis to uh, raise taxes, uh, put more restrictions uh, in the economy and also the workplace. And Ron DeSantis didn't want to do that. Ron DeSantis wanted to lower restrictions, uh, keep the uh, economy strong in the state of Florida, bring more jobs back to the state. Um, because prior to Ron DeSantis taking off, we had uh, a very, very weak state. In the economy, mm-hmm. jobs, rate paying jobs that were not here, uh, they were mainly in other states, you know, such as Texas and other industrial uh, type of jobs were in Texas and California and other states such as New Jersey and New York. So we didn't have the, the, the job place and the job market that we have now. And that's all because of Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis did wonders for the state. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why they want to try to elect them out. Because it's the opposition that wants the opposite. Yeah. Well, so the reason, so the reason why I bring that forward is because um, around you had around. So the poll. What time did the polls close yesterday in Florida? Uh, they closed around like eight p.m. Eastern. Okay, eight p.m. Eastern. So here's what I'm getting to. So the reason why is because we had. Um, I was blown away when I watched Greg Gutfeld, which is at 10 p.m. Central Time, so 11 o'clock your time. And the results already at 100%. Like, all the results already came in. And I look back at Wisconsin, and you're at almost 50% for the results, the vote counts. So what do you think the problem is in Wisconsin regarding election? What do you think is going on? Do you think that people cheat in Wisconsin? Because, I mean, all my other guests, uh, do you think it's valid that all my other guests are right where – you know, people are cheating the system and that they, for instance, in uh, in Georgia and Wisconsin, if I were Democrat in the primaries, I can vote Republican just to throw out the vote. Is that what do you what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that the I, the term cheating, you know, now that I look at the, the voting integrity now, you know, I, I used to and, and I'll admit I used to look at that term cheating at, at a high level. You know, with the voting integrity that's been played out the last couple of years, right? We 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 see. Um, I see. Well, I could say it. I I I could see it now. Is not they're not cheating. They're 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 more or less 
they're not looking at the decision on an accurate base, meaning that these mainly these people that are voting, uh, you know, what, whatever background they come from. OK, um, they're voting uh, with popularity more than actually looking what that candidate stands for. Yep. You know, they, they're, they're looking at like, oh, well, you know, it, you know, so like I could tell you, you know, the, the main purpose that comes out of this um, out of this election is, is mainly uh, the media. The media uh, plays a big favor in the election process uh, because they hype up uh, that party. You know, yeah. you look at you, you could tell, for instance, you could look at an election. OK. And you could see what media outlet played a, a huge uh, role in. Like, for instance, you look at like your, your area there, Madison, Wisconsin. Right. Uh, you could see like, OK, was it more of CNN? Was it more of MSNBC? Was it more of Fox that played the role? Look at the last election. Look at the last coming of weeks that were building up to the primaries there in Wisconsin. And you could see what media company network basically won that election. Look at look look at the advertisements. Look at that. That's how I see it. I don't see it as a cheating base. I see it as as a manipulation base. The so, company manipulated it. Yeah. So you think the company manipulated because they're thinking that and sure. so they're also thinking that reports are coming out where uh, they're thinking, so, you know, there's going to be, there's supposedly there's supposed to be a red wave uh, supposed to happen. And, yeah. if you're in the, and if you're in the state of Wisconsin, I don't want to crush your dreams or don't want to really crush your hopes. But the numbers aren't really looking too good because you have, you have a lot of brand new people in office. And this is also going to my other question uh, here. So no one's really heard of Tim Michaels in Wisconsin, besides the Tim Michaels construction, who's a multi-billionaire. He's out of Connecticut. No one's really heard of Roger Ross, besides his district, his Senate. And you look down the ticket, and you have all brand new people. And do you think, and most of them are all Trump-endorsed, do you think that hurts or hinders an election? Because you have Mitch McConnell on the Republican side stating that it's not going to be a red wave because you have brand new candidates with no experience. What do you? What are your thoughts on that, especially in Wisconsin, which could be could potentially turn red? Well, he's saying that they don't have a chance because they don't have prior political experience. Big, well, I mean, Mitch look McConnell at look at yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll look at you know. <laughs> You should say to Mitch McConnell, like, look at the, the the previous president that we had prior to Joe Biden taking office. He had zero political experience, and look at what he brought to the office. He brought wonders to this country. He built an economy. He built a, uh, a depleted military. He rebuilt our military under the failures of the previous administration, Barack Obama. He built a our uh, freedoms, our liberties, our sovereignty, security, everything. He did wonders for this community. He took more blacks off of welfare and food stamps than any other previous president before him. And, you know, I, I think that statement when you say, oh, they don't have a chance because they don't have political experience. I think that's a scare factor. I think yeah. that Mitch McConnell is scared that these people that are going to get into the office they're going to do a better job than than him or yeah. they're going to do a better job than a career politician that's been in office for 40 plus years. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Because you know that there is something going on. You know that there's a big major shift going on within the Republican Party. And this yeah. is where the divide is. What is well, a lot of it's manipulation, Sus. Yeah. How do you, so what do you tell a person? What do you tell like voters, for instance, and especially on midterms or something like that? What do you tell people that used to be like that endorsed like uh, your Liz Cheney Republicans and your moderate, like your people that like Mitt Romney and uh, Mitch McConnell, who supposedly say that they're moderate Republicans. And then you have Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, who is not what well, Lindsey Graham is now getting subpoenaed by Georgia Supreme Court and stuff. What are your thoughts? How do you what what do you tell people from both sides of the Republican parties? How do you bring them together or what would you bring them together on? Well, you know, eliminate the uh, the bias remarks, eliminate the, the 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 naysayers, right? That are saying these bias remarks. Eliminate that, okay? To unite a party or unite the country, uh, work for the common good. I mean, you know, uh, work for what works for that community or that state or the country, for that matter. You know, see where the weakness points are and build on that. Uh, if, you know, obviously we have a lot of issues that are facing this nation. We have inflation, right? That's yep. at a four-year high. We have, uh, you know, a weak economy. We have all this. Uh, those are the key issues that need to be addressed, okay? Stop running on a uh, – I, I see a lot of issues with these candidates that are running. You know, they're running on the wrong uh, messages, okay? Yep. So what does that do? That creates a weak campaign. That's one of the reasons why they're not elected to begin with. They're running on the wrong purpose, the wrong message. Yeah, because it was interesting hearing one of my guests yesterday. I don't know if you listened to one of my guests yesterday, Mr. Jonathan. Yeah, Wilson. I heard bits and pieces of it. It was a good episode, actually. It was. And he stated that Tim Michaels is a weak candidate and that also uh, Roger Roth is also weak candidates. What is your thoughts on those on his statements because that kind of resonated through the listeners and now they reached out to me and said hey you know what we need to get other people's voices from out of state so that's what i reached out to what is your thoughts on that from a florida perspective what are your thoughts do you think he's incorrect or is he right or what what with tim michaels uh yeah you know we can't do you think he's a weak candidate and roger roth do you think both both of those are weak candidates well i i leech i really do uh you know he He'll do anything to, you know, sell his campaign. I mean, he'll go to, you know, the ends of the earth to to put anybody on the back burner. I wasn't really a big fan of uh, Tim Michaels. Uh, you know, that's just my personal opinion. I, I don't like where he, you know, his message. I don't, I don't like his uh, what he's running on. So, do you think that was uh, kind of a wrong endorsement from President Trump, or kind of not a very good endorsement? Well, I think. I think, you know, I think President Trump, you know, he I, I, I think he meant well at first, yeah. maybe. But I think, you know, obviously, you know, obviously he had advising him, you know, who to endorse, who not to endorse. So I think whoever he spoke to about the decision, the suggestion on to endorse Tim Michaels, I think it was a bad suggestion. You know, I, I think I think he should have, you know, uh, put some more thought into it you know, with the decision behind that, because not only, you know, if you're going to endorse somebody, you know, and possibly we've heard rumors with, you know, President Trump, you know, running again in 2020, 20, uh, excuse me, 2024, you know, that could hit, hurt his base. 
you know, through an endorsement. You know, a lot of people don't see it like that. But, you know, when you endorse somebody and they don't stand behind their message or their meaning and you put that endorsement out, that that's a huge thing, Sas. I mean, yeah. you know, that can hurt your, your base if you're running for future office. Yeah. Now, you went into uh, the other candidate there, Robert Ralph, right? No, Roger Roth. Running oh, candidate. okay. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. Roger, Roger who? Roger Roth, who a lot of people okay. were – yeah, so a lot I'm of not too were, familiar with him. No, and so here's a little background story about him. <clears throat> so he didn't – so he sent out three flyers, and here's why Jonathan Wickman and here's why other my uh, talk shows or my guests say that it was kind of stolen from them. Because Roger mm-hmm. Roth was uh, a brand, he came in, he announced Slate, and he also not only did he announce Slate, but he also like sent out three flyers and did one commercial, and then he pretty much didn't really travel around the state, and then surprisingly he won. And Jonathan Wickman was upset about that, and so was Timothy Rampton, because no one really heard about him, and that's why they're thinking that it was cheated and that somebody like there was some weird things going on and so did adam steen as well so what is your thought about like what about roger roth and how even timothy and jonathan say that he's not a very good candidate at all well you mentioned cheating why why was that brought up in the discussion like why why did they think there was cheating involved well because of the numbers you know because how ron johnson's Ron Johnson almost got 600,000 votes, and now did uh, Ron Johnson get over 600,000 votes, but over 30,000 absentee ballots showed up after the election was done, like the day after, in event, like in the oh. absentee ballots. It showed up 30,000 after the election. So that's why it took the results forever, and that's why they didn't call the race for Tim Michaels and didn't call the race for lieutenant governor until after like about on Thursday, two days after the election was done. Well, I mean, there goes my, you know, my sentiment on, on the manipulation part. You know, I think that's, that's a key issue, you know, right directly after COVID, you know, we've seen, um, you know, the mail-in ballot uh, or the ballot, you know, harvesting uh, scenario get played out, right. They use that as a, as an excuse, uh, to harvest harvest ballots, and you know if that's what went down in Wisconsin, then that should be looked at um, on a Supreme Court uh, uh, scenario. Uh, was there? I mean, that goes into my next question. I mean, what was there? Was there ballot harvesting going uh, being involved then at all? It seems like it. Well, so what happened is is that Speaker Voss, and here's why Adam Steen is very upset about Speaker Voss. Because we proposed multiple, like we proposed like election integrity bills and stuff, but Speaker, he just, he doesn't do anything about it. You know, that's yeah. the thing that's frustrating Wisconsin voters is that Speaker Voss is like your regular Mitch McConnell, your Liz Cheney. You know, they talk a good game, but they, he doesn't absolutely do anything. And that's what's really upsetting Wisconsin. And not only that, but like, uh, he, he was the first one. He was the first one to decertify. He was the first one to certify the election. He told Evers to certify the election, because the problem hmm. with that is that you're not listening to the Wisconsin's. You're not listening to your voters and the constituents that voted you in there. You know what is your thought about you know Speaker Voss and how you know him and Mike Lindell battled heads and how you know even with if you listen to Mike Lindell and if you also listen to these uh, figureheads stating that Wisconsin was one of the prime states that was committed a perfect crime regarding the 2020 election and 
uh, and even the midterm elections. What is your thoughts on that? Well, Mike Lindell, I mean, he has a strong presence in the political field now. We've seen it, you know, unfold in the last two years, yeah. three years now. So, I mean, Mike Lindell, I mean, you know, a lot of people look at this guy, you know, probably from three or four or five years ago, even before then, as a joke. They're like, yeah. oh, the, the my pillow guy. Yeah, w- whatever. Yeah, we're not going to listen to him. I mean, this guy's a, an entrepreneur. Like, what does he know about po- uh, politics? Uh, that is now being changed now, Sauce. I mean, that's that that whole landscape has changed. You get big political figureheads such as you know Mike Lindell. Uh, people are now listening to him uh, because he has a sh- strong, strong backing. You know, from people like President Trump and you know e- even others. Yeah. You know, others are working with Mike Lindell. I mean, he's got a lot of presence with you know Newsmax and you know Right Side Broadcasting. So, you know, he's at he, he's a man now that's being heavily involved with politics. He's at a lot of rallies, you know, uh, MAGA rallies. He's at a lot of, you know, different types of uh, um, events. Yeah. So Mike Lindell. Yeah, he, he he's he's a heavy hitter. I, I would I would kind of watch out for Mike Lindell. Yeah. But, so so the question is, so then here's a question, then uh, another question to kind of recircle. Why, yeah. why didn't Robin Voss or why didn't Wisconsin listen to Mike Lindell? You know why? Because Mike Lindell was in Wisconsin and he testified in front of the uh, election committee in the state of Wisconsin. And yeah. he literally said that there was fraud. He literally said it. Why well, didn't Wisconsin do anything about it? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he, he didn't listen to him because obviously, you know, this goes back to what I was saying about President Trump's endorsement there with advisors. There's advisors at, at, on every different angle, every different level, uh, Sauce. There's there, you have advisors with you know, uh, with senators, with you know, uh, figureheads, you know, public speakers. There's the, everybody has an advisor or they have an assistant. Now, why didn't he listen to him? Uh, yes. Because he was listening to the wrong people, obviously. Uh, maybe if he listened to a, another advisor or another person in his circle. Things would have been diff- done differently. That's that's how I can probably see it. Yeah. Well, I just find it, you know, I just find it sad. You know, the state that Wisconsin, like the political atmosphere Wisconsin is in. You know, and you have you have the speaker of the the speaker of the assembly who's actually bullying other people around. And it's very evident with all my guests I've been having on. You know, they always I've never I have not heard a single good thing about Robin Voss and what he's done for Wisconsin. Besides, well, I mean, you got to look at. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are they're very frustrated with Wisconsin. Uh, I think they want to turn the, the political you know field around the backyard, so to speak, around with Wisconsin. But, you know, sadly, I don't think that's going to happen uh, no. in the next decade or so. I, th- I think Wisconsin's going to be the same blue state that it's been for the last, you know, 20 plus, 30, 40 years. You know, it's 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 always been that, you know, and yeah. I, I, I tell people, you know, you can you can run, you can complain about all this right here. But, you know, if a state is has has a strong threshold of a certain uh, political agenda it's going to be like that for a long time unless you have some type of miraculous uh you know turnaround in the near future what i which i don't see for the state of wisconsin i i don't see them turning red uh the reason for that is because there's a lot of factors uh that they're running on a lot differently than any other 
maybe conservative or Republican state. Yeah. And not only that, but you also have Madison, Wisconsin, and that's like very like I call it California 2.0. Uh, oh, okay. 2.0. And then you also have Milwaukee, which is even worse. Well, yeah. And then you have those two big cities and they pretty much make or break the election. You know, so well, that's. Not- yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to look at. Yeah, I was about to bring in here. You got to look at the um, the factors here. You know, Miss uh, Madison, you look at was uh, Milwaukee, uh, very, you know, medium, you know, to large scale cities. Uh, you have to look at the uh, the the background of those cities, yeah. uh, how to change a city, how to change it politically is to look at what it represents. You know, now this is going to be probably dark here, folks, and you probably will understand where I'm going at because I only have like a few minutes here where I got to get this thought out because I have a uh, meeting I have to uh, attend to. But, uh, you know, uh, here's the thing. You look at M- Milwaukee. What is it known for? Is it known for you know, uh, good paying jobs. Is there a lot of uh, uh, recipients on welfare, this and that? When you look at that, I know that's sad and dark to say this, Sauce, but look at the city, you know, look at the look at the background. A lot of people are like, well, what does it have to do with that, Michael? You know, uh, the welfare and, and the food stamp uh, uh, communities across uh, Milwaukee and Madison and and everything it has a lot to do with a lot of uh, of what I'm saying here. Um if you have a lot of recipients that are on welfare and food stamps and, and government aid, uh, you're going to have people run that city like that because who's, who's going to, who's going to vote uh, to keep those in place? Well, people that favor the democratic party because the democratic party runs on that. So yep. you're going to have that strong threshold. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be so- extremely hard to change that. Yes. So as we conclude, um, would you say that Wisconsin is entering its dark days? Like Daily Caller and now news, other news sources are stating that Wisconsin officially has entered its dark days with the most, most recent education op-ed and just overall? Entering a what? A star? I didn't hear that a part. Dark, so would you, would you say that it's right that Wisconsin is entering its dark days? Oh, dark days. Uh well, they're, they're certainly not entering uh, happy days. I mean, yeah. So, hey, I want to say thank you so much, Michael, for allowing uh, for allowing this bonus episode of Remember God Loves You and I'm you at the finish line. And if you guys want to check out Michael, I am his I'm his co-host on Savage Unfiltered. We do about daily episodes. Is that right? Yeah, just about daily. Yeah, some daily, some bonus episodes. Yeah. Yep. So we do a daily and episode uh, bonus episodes. Uh, you're welcome to check them out on Anchor.fm, and that's where I'll be at. And you're also welcome to tune in on any app, any podcasting websites you have. And he just recently got Amazon. Uh, Amazon. So, for instance, if you have Alexa, you can say, "Hey Alexa, play Savage Unfiltered," and it'll play the most current episode. And as well as I am on Google Podcasts, if you have Google, you just uh, say, hey, see, hey, Google, play Remember God Loves You, and I'm me at the finish line. And this bonus episode will uh, air, and it will be the most recent ones. Hopefully, you guys have a fantastic day, and Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Have a blessed day. Bye.